Hubhopper Originals. To start your podcast for free, log on to studio.hubhopper.com. This episode is sponsored by Blue Microphones. Head on to community.hubhopper.com to check out their amazing range of products. The Blue Microphone consists of the Blue Voice technology, which produces clear broadcast quality sound for podcasting and is compatible with both Mac and Windows. The Blue Microphone range is highly recommended for all podcasters. This episode is brought to you by Wishmaker, India's fastest growing online casino. Sign up on wishmaker.com slash podcast and start playing today. Hello and welcome back to Heart on My Sleeve. This is Mansha Kaur and you're listening to me on Hub Hopper. I hope you enjoyed the last episode. That's part one of my conversation with Jia. If you haven't heard it yet, I suggest that you listen to that first. Jia, who is a wellness consultant, shared her personal journey with divorce, navigating the aftermath and the importance of boundaries in all types of relationships. In this episode, we continue our conversation on and about healthy relationships. We discuss therapy and why there's so much reticence and shame attached to it. And finally, have an in-depth discussion around girl friendships, their subtleties and how to make sure that yours are healthy. So without extending this introduction any further, diving right back into our conversation. Okay, so coming back to how you healed after the whole situation and also what according to you are things that are an absolute must in a relationship before considering marriage and so things that are potentially red flags or do you just think that there's no set way of determining that? Okay, I think some of the things that I wish I'd known sooner or some of the things that I'd hope to incorporate into my dating life before I even consider like a long-term relationship or marriage is to first travel with my partner extensively. And I feel like when you're at home or when you're going to a restaurant on a date, it's very different from when you're far removed from the, the creature comforts of home and you're in a different place. But if you decide to do more spontaneous travel, so when you kind of do a road trip or you decide to just the two of you decide to go to a different country that neither of you have visited and just figuring out, sussing out how you both react when you're sleep deprived or haven't eaten enough or when things aren't going your way or when you have like your car breakdown or if someone misbehaves with you at a nightclub or a bar. I feel like traveling with the person before marriage or before contemplating marriage is extremely important because you learn a lot about yourself and about each other and also a lot of the things that grinds your gears and a lot of things that grinds his or her gears and I feel that it becomes very apparent very quickly what some of the things are and where your thresholds are for those things. I think like over that sort of short duration a lot happens and that's really interesting because I don't think most people have heard this piece of advice before. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely recommend it. And with my boyfriend, I travel as often as I possibly can for that reason. Yeah. Uh, and we had a lot of really strange and wonderful stuff happen to us. <laughs> 
<laughs> on our travels and so that's why i can quite confidently say that it's something i would recommend the other thing i would say is to cohabit with your partner so i know that a lot of parents and grandparents and families and society may not be okay with this whole idea of cohabiting with your partner particularly in the same yeah. house as the family but i find that having a small period where you're spending day in and day out together where you have shared responsibilities mm. where you don't just meet i don't know to have dinner and drinks and netflix yeah. and chill but you kind of spend all day and all night together for days or weeks or months yeah, at that end makes sense right i feel like yeah. then at some point for both of you that act and those rose tinted glasses they come off and mm. you like you tend to shed some layers that could otherwise be there in your honeymoon That's true. period That's true. yeah and also some of these things that you cannot handle about yourself and about the other person so suppose to- if you can sort of meet halfway with the things that are hard to handle on both sides yeah. that's an important realization that one would come to in either of these situations that you mentioned like cohabiting or traveling that's a really good advice cuz also i think a lot of people they end up when they're sort of in that honeymoon phase or if they've been dating for a short while and then get married you're only exposed to situations where you're hanging out socially and i think much less so with each other even like you may have a few yeah. dinner dates or date nights or whatever yeah you're right that's super important knowing what that yeah. person is like when you know it's not about sort of getting dressed up and going out and having a good time with friends or just yeah. a good dinner yeah. so no i think you're absolutely right i think it's also this idea that red flags have also become apparent really quickly um in a situation such as this like when you're traveling or when you're living with each other as opposed to habits that reveal themselves if you've been dating for a little while and then you decide to get married because you haven't spent so much quality time yeah. with the other person yeah it's really important and like in retrospect i wish i'd lived with my partner before we had decided to get married because i feel like it would have helped us both a great deal to gauge hmm. where we're coming from and what we want so i think that willingness to also sort of figure out whether the relationship is for real like we were talking about before it's easier to focus on the external factors like you know a lot of people tend to focus on very superficial parts of the person and the relationship much yeah. more than the actual equation that they have with their partner so yeah. i think that willingness to want to have a real equation is also something that not everyone has and it's generally important for me i mean having been married for a bit now like i think that's just super important to know from the start how much each of you wants to give into something and i think we got lucky because we didn't think these things through but in a lot of cases it's just so important to really try and find out these things if you do end up getting married or if you do end up staying together it makes that phase easier knowing what the strengths the weaknesses what to expect more than anything else yeah and also having a lot of the really uncomfortable conversations about like choosing to share or wanting to share stuff from your past for instance or how someone would react with you in a in a situation that's unprecedented so like god forbid like a medical situation or something like that 
opening up about stuff that you find scary to share even like a mental health struggle or something like that um talking about whether you want to have kids talking about whether you want to have marriage talking about what you'd like to bring to the table financially you know post marriage yeah, or if you and, were to get and, and even religion and stuff like that because i think the politics and all of that stuff yeah that's what makes a relationship eventually because you're you're with your partner maybe not 24/7 but for a good part of the day and in yeah. a scenario like this a pandemic going on 24/7 so you better be okay being with that person for that amount of time and you know you should eventually strive to be with someone whose company you really enjoy and who's more like a friend yeah i feel like that's a huge huge thing and we're all grown ups here but it's okay to want to like enjoy being intimate with them but i feel like the moment you reach a point where you are attracted to somebody but you don't know if you like the person for the person yeah. that's when there's a problem you know yeah. and i find that at least for me when i was growing up i didn't think about it like that it was all the magic i completely agree with you because in all of the romance novels or like you know in all of the tv shows that's the part that they would focus on they wouldn't focus on yeah. the friendship and eventually yeah. if you are friends with your partner that'll take you further than anything else because looks fade people's ambition levels could drop with time and like, like life is so unpredictable like yeah. you said like yeah. anything can happen tomorrow feel like while the person you're married to dating having babies with or just living with should be your friend that person you shouldn't put unrealistic like amounts of pressure <laughs> on that person Right? Yeah. I feel like that person and you like you have to have other people and without asking from time to time you should just give the other person their space and vice versa like it's so important like with us in our house like we have our own spots where okay if we just want to do us and do our own thing like that's where we go like i have my room where I, maybe i just want to watch a show that he's not into maybe it's yeah. as simple as that or maybe it's just a conversation that i want to have with my friend or even with a friend that's a mutual friend right because i think what happens to a lot of married couples especially is that all of your friends become like yeah our friends and and i think you should be able to maintain your individual relationships with these friends you need to have those one on one equations with other people as well it's just healthier that way yeah and i think it's a beautiful thing to also be secure enough to let that person have that time the next thing that i want to talk about is how therapy is one of the bigger taboos present in our society and why do you think that is why are we so scared to admit that we need it or why are we so judgmental if somebody else is getting it that's a very interesting question and i actually um, dealt with something like this when i was very young so i think around the time that my parents were getting divorced i went to see a psychologist i was still in school but like when people around me found out that i was seeing a psychologist they were just looking at me like why do you need it what's the matter with you are you okay you know is something wrong is something the matter and then again when i decided to go for marriage counseling and then when i got divorced so i swear by therapy and there are different kinds of therapy and please know that i've also been to therapists that i have not gotten along with there's no one size fits all yeah i i feel like you can meet many therapists in your life until you hone in on the one that 
you establish this rapport with. There are many different kinds of therapies available and what therapy might work for me may not work for you. But at the same time, I find that um, the stigma and the shame that comes or the fear that comes with talking about therapy or seeking therapy or seeking help comes with this notion that the brain is a separate part of the body and the brain is far removed from the body and so like if you look at your life today like if if you've eaten heavy food or if you've eaten beans and stuff like that and you have gas then you automatically want to have like a pudin hara or a charcoal or or something you know peppermint tea to calm your stomach down if you have high blood pressure you take a beta blocker if you have cholesterol a doctor might recommend statins if you have a headache you might take a panadol or a crocin and god forbid if someone's having a medical emergency they need surgery and they need medical help but somehow if you have weeks and months or a long period where you're not feeling your best where you're unable to get out of bed where you're unable to find a reason to get on with stuff i'm not identifying any of these feelings i'm not pinpointing any of these feelings but i'm just saying that if you have not one bad day not two bad days not a bad week but if you have like you know a long phase yeah where you feel a certain way where you're unable to go about your daily activities with that same enthusiasm and vigor and and that zeal where you've lost the interest in things that would ordinarily interest you where you're sleeping you're eating your metabolism your mood your hormones are all suffering Yeah. I feel like it's perfectly okay to ask for help and I feel like one of the biggest things that I've realized of late is that you don't need to get to that stage to ask for help. So just like you have a GP for your body, it's perfectly okay to have a therapist or a counselor that you go to even when things are okay. So it's almost like this one person who's keeping you accountable. This one person who's not your friend, not your partner, not your parent and not your in-law, but just somebody who's there who will listen to you and who will also tell you coping mechanisms if need be or tell you that this is a pattern that might be repeating itself and i find that one of the biggest mistakes or the one of the biggest challenges i had was going away from therapy every time my life magically turned around and now i find that it's much healthier for me to check in with that one person once a month or once in two months even when life's going great because you don't need when you wake up in the morning and you do yoga or you do meditation and you check in with your body you're having a good day right yeah so similarly you should be able to do this mental health check and just like be able to either call up a therapist or a counselor or a practitioner and just vent just talk just share because sharing and accepting that you are overwhelmed and you need to talk to somebody is met with so much stigma and so much fear and so much guilt and shame that that's why the world is sort of going through this mental health epidemic on Instagram and Facebook and even offline i find that the moment you tell somebody i'm going through a tough time or i have this situation i got laid off i someone dumped me someone cheated on me i'm getting divorced someone will say oh but you deserve better it's going to be okay don't worry about it or put pick your chin up or i don't know like shake it off work it out um things will get better this too shall pass you know everything happens for a reason and while i understand to a large extent a lot of the people who are saying this say this with all the goodness in their heart they say it because they genuinely don't want for you to be in, in that state they want to get you out of that funk out of that mood they want to cheer you up what ends up happening that's problem with toxic positivity is that when you tell somebody that it's not okay for you to have 
a bad day, it's not okay for you to feel grief. And it's not okay for you to feel let down by a friend. It's not okay for you to feel pain when you've been cheated on. When someone tells you that your feelings are not normal and your feelings are not valid and anything that is not positive or euphoric or happy is not accepted, yeah. that is where the problem comes in. I feel like when people say stuff like no bad days and good vibes only, I know that to a large extent, a lot of us don't realize what connotations those words carry. Honestly, I feel like that's bullshit because I feel like everybody, regardless of who you are and where you are born and how much money you have and how loved you are, you are going to have good days and bad days. And the earlier we realize that and the earlier we accept that and the earlier we make it okay for us to have good and bad days, the better it will be for everyone around us. And by shunning that experience and by saying, no, 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 I will only experience joy. I will only experience gratitude. I will only experience positivity. Yeah. It's not healthy because it's not a complete experience. You yeah. know, a lot of human nature, we learn from nature itself in the sense yeah. that like even with waves, you have like the crest and the trough with like your heartbeat, you have like the high and the low, like you have the rhythm, you have the wave, right? Yeah. yeah. So I feel like this whole idea that we have to be in this state of like, only up it's just unrealistic and it's just flawed in nature there's nothing that goes up because they're plateaus and nobody ever wants to hit a plateau because i think those are worse than <laughs> going up and down because there's no progress going on there and you sort of want it to change whether for the worse or the better so change is like the only constant we know in nature and in humankind i feel like we have to accept that even with emotions and with feelings and I know it's a bit problematic, but I find toxic positivity very problematic now when I write and when I talk to people and stuff like that. And sometimes even the people closest to me, like I have to tell them, listen, this was not a great experience. And I'm sorry that I'm having to share this with you, but I'm not just going to snap out of it. I am going to feel shitty about it for a day, maybe two. I am going to go call my counselor about it and I'm going to heal the only way I know how. I'm not going to push it under the carpet or you know push it away and say oh but my life is so great this shit happened you have to accept it you have to don't give it too much power accept it understand what's happened maybe learn from it cry about it if you have to and then deal with it whatever emotions you're feeling whether they're good emotions or bad emotions to try and experience them as fully as possible and then yeah sort of move on to the next moment from there yeah, absolutely, Mancha. And also realizing that healing is not linear. So like, there might be days where you feel like you've healed from a certain thing that happened yeah. to you many years ago. But something could happen that could trigger off a reaction or a situation which would make you want to think about it again. And you can go two steps back. And that's perfectly okay as well. Like, we have to cut ourselves and other people some slack. And we have to realize that when we walk, we do one step in front of each other. But very often with healing, it's not like that. You can take five steps forward and two steps back. And the next day you can take two steps forward and one step back. It happens. Like it's The only important thing is to focus on eventually wanting to move forward in the right direction, however long that might take you. Yeah. Like people's speeds are different and there's no point comparing those. But yeah, you just need to be committed to moving forward. And of course, with anything. And committed to your healing. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, with anything, whether it's healing from a loss or healing from an incident, it's always going to be a few steps forward, a few steps back. It's just that we are so hard on ourselves when we take those few steps back that we're just like, there's no point to this. And that's where that perfection mindset, which is, I think, another really prevalent issue. It's something that I definitely struggle with. I am a big perfectionist and I had to keep reminding myself progress, not perfection. And I think that Mm -hmm. that sort of holds true in every sphere of your life, whether it's healing, whether it's working, whether it's your relationship. Are you a believer in good luck? Wishmaker presents you with more than a thousand casino games from blackjack to monopoly and roulette. Play live with a dealer or at your own pace. Did I mention how safe it is? With an MGA license, Wishmaker assures you the safest money transactions and tax-free win. What's more, the first thousand entries to www.wishmaker.in slash podcast receive 10 wish spins on a new slot called That's Rich, a luxury theme slot from one of the best game providers. Sign up at the earliest to make it to the top 1,000. Experience the glitz, glamour, and thrill of a casino from the comfort of your home. So, um, I want to talk about girl friendships because, mm-hmm. at least in my experience, I'm very comfortable in my guy friendships, but like with yeah. not all of my girl friendships, but a lot of them, I just find them tricky. So I wanted to hear your take on this. Sure. So I think uh, while I say this, I have to admit that going to an all girls boarding school really spoiled me because um, for eight years of my life, I kind of closed my eyes. I almost thought to myself that this is how girl friendships are going to be. I took for granted that my school version of girl friendships is what or paved the way for girl friendships in my future. But unfortunately, that's not true. And um, what ends up happening is that very often, you're right, girl friendships are very important. They're extreme, they can be extremely nourishing if they're the right kind. But because of this competitiveness and because of this not being able to be happy for the other person and because, oh my God, like what does she have that I don't have? Or how did she yeah. get such a big guy or... How does she get to look this good? I feel like that stuff is what limits our friendships from reaching the next level. And and a lot of times we have to realize that sometimes somebody is toxic and other times we are the toxic person in that particular, you know, in that relationship or situation. And I find that there's no one way to tell this, but I feel like one measure is to check how you're feeling when you're with them and how you feel when they've left so whether now we can't meet our friends but like if an interaction with this said friend leaves you feeling uncomfortable or uneasy or jittery whether it's physical meeting or a phone meeting or a conversation or even a chat where you constantly have to second guess or doubt what the other person is saying or feeling Mm -hmm. um, and whether you're wondering whether that person is saying it because they're saying it or they're just saying it for the sake of saying it. So I feel like when you have that, that's like a, it's almost like a litmus test. That's like a really easy way to tell 
whether the relationship is genuine or if it's toxic. And I've also learned on honestly, Mansha, is that there are lots of people that I'm not super close to in the sense that I don't talk to them all the time, but I'm super fond of. And so you can meet them, you can connect with them, you can talk to them about some really vulnerable, deep shit that you may not be able to share with your core group otherwise. Wow. And you know that some level they'll still they'll be there for you when it comes that's so I, right between like close friends and people that you are really fond of and sometimes I think that Venn diagram intersects but not always yeah absolutely but I think it's something that someone said to me also a little while ago when I used to worry very much about people talking behind our backs because let's be honest people talk about people all the time and I worry about what they'll say if I quit my job or I quit my marriage or I left my husband at the time or if I moved to Bali or something like that but then I someone said this to me and it made so much sense and they said if someone can sit with you and talk about someone else then you can be rest assured that they're talking about you when they're with someone else and and so I feel like if you again those kind of relationships I don't think any of us should have the space or the time for Um, And at the same time, I think um, now that we aren't with our friends and now that we're home for God knows maybe a couple of weeks or another month or who knows, actually, I find that it's very easy to discover now from a text or a call or the willingness for someone to keep in touch with you and the kind of conversations they have with you as to where this relationship is in your life and whether it's worth keeping or maybe distancing yourself from. Yeah. I feel like with a lot of friendships, some of them, like Mm. very few stay as is, like they don't change. Some of them stay for a while and then they disappear and then they come back. And with some, it just becomes really unhealthy on both sides. And then you just have to, like, you just have to have like a conversation or an intervention or something where you're just like, this is not working for either of us. And it feels like a breakup and I've been through it myself and it can be extremely painful, but I feel like it's really important. Sometimes even more painful than an actual breakup though. (laughs) Absolutely. Because, you know, I feel like in girl friendships, the ones that are the worst is when you ghost your friend. I don't know if you've ever been. (laughs) That also happens. And that for me is a little bit more painful. And I've been ghosted not by romantic partners, but by female friends. And so I just feel that like sometimes you don't know what you've done, what you could have said, what you might have said that might have hurt somebody inadvertently because you know that wasn't your intention. But when you go through such a long period of not talking to that person, then it becomes really difficult to try and make amends or to fix it or to come back. So I think personally, um, the reason why this podcast is called Heart in My Sleeve, because I think I've always worn my heart in my sleeve. And I moved around a lot growing up. I went to 10 schools. For me, my friends are literally all over the place. And I had very few friendships where that person knew me from one phase of my life to the next, to the next, to the next, because of all of this movement. But the thing with me was always that I did the very best of my ability would try to give my 100% to any friendship or that I'd be in. But like when that wouldn't be met in the way that I'd hoped for and when my expectations of what I deserve to get back wouldn't be met, that would always leave me feeling really hurt. So for me, I think uh, while ghosting wasn't a thing, this was a big thing because like 
I have always and I think continue to wear my heart in my sleeve and I'm very transparent about how I feel and and I think that's that's a big thing in girl friendships for me where like you said we find it very hard to be happy for each other when somebody's going through a good phase or when somebody's doing something new or unexpected so I think like sometimes uh, when it comes to friendships, it's also important to not take your friend's counsel because I think friends can become super, a part of it I'm sure is protective, but also somewhere limiting to who you can be. But if I am to think back, so when I started dating Gotham, I was, I just started my second year of college and he was a year and a half out of work. Like he, he'd quit his job at Barclays and he was setting up Hub Hopper at that point. And I remember telling one or two of my friends and being met with this sort of judgment that, wait, what? You don't even know this guy. How are you going to go on a date with him? And he's so much older and this and that. But in retrospect, if I had listened to them even a little bit, I would have been really sorry. So yeah, I, and the life would have turned out so differently. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So all of us girls, we need girl friendships. Like there are some parts of our lives that only other women understand. And no guy or significant other really will or does. Um, the silly things that we obsess over and our slight love for drama here and there and reading between the lines of other girls' behaviors, things that guys are completely <laughs> blind to. While we do need those, uh, I think it's really important to, again, like you said, establish boundaries for what is okay and what isn't okay. Because in a lot of girlfriend equations, sometimes there's an alpha and then there's a beta. And if if you're the beta, then you're constantly taking punches for no reason. And I've seen a lot of my friends go through this where they are a shell of who they could be just because they decided to be somebody's beta. And yeah, you're absolutely right. I think um, girlfriendships at their best can be nourishing, healthy, liberating, and there's almost no substitute for that kind of relationship in life. But at the same time, unfortunately, and I've seen this in other people's lives, unfortunately, as well, but they, at their worst, they can really bring you down to like, like you said, like, like a husk of the person that you are, or like somebody who's unable to live up to their potential. I feel like most of us have to understand that when it comes to, and this is something that the idea would be for us to understand that seeing something beautiful in another person doesn't mean the absence of your own. So this idea that, that so we have this thing with physical appearance and with the body and size and how someone looks and their impression on social. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like we have this obsession with beauty also. Like that's why people always comment on how you're looking or your weight or your face or whatever. And I just feel like, It's okay to appreciate the other without undermining your own beauty. It's also okay to celebrate another person's success. I understand it can be problematic if you're going through a tough time, but it's perfectly okay to celebrate someone else's success without undermining yours, without saying, okay, she got that really cool deal, but I'm doing pretty well too. Or 
she's got like the sexiest legs I've ever seen in my life, but I'm pretty badass as well, you know? So I feel like finding the good in someone automatically means you having to nitpick on yourself, then you're more likely to be the kind of person that can't be happy for someone else. But I feel like if we all realize that we're all freaking badass in our own ways, that it's important. such a different path, right? Like Absolutely. And it's okay. is great today for somebody doesn't mean that you won't have something that's great tomorrow. That's once again sort of putting competition into this whole situation. But just for perspective's sake, like nothing is permanent. And you going along your path, knowing and doing what's right for you and being happy for those around you while they do what's right for them. It it just fosters a very wholesome environment. And I think the second you sort of start developing that envy, that jealousy, that hate, that anger, you poison your own life. And like, it's a very common saying, but it's so true. And a lot of the times it's also not just not being happy for the other person and sort of nitpicking on yourself, but it's also you secretly admiring something about somebody, not wanting to admit it, and then finding something that isn't ideal about their life and then ripping them apart on the basis of that. It's really important to stop the comparison game. And you're right, like it's not as though there's just one pool that exists where if you are complimenting somebody, you have to take from within your own pool and give it to somebody else like that exactly and like this whole idea that like you know when people talk about lifting other people I feel like it's definitely possible and that there's enough for everyone there's enough beauty there's enough success there's enough boys there's enough goodness there's enough good careers there's enough money uh, success Instagram numbers you name it there's enough everything for everyone and I feel like The minute we come from this scarcity mindset that, oh, if I put her up and if she doesn't do the same for me or if I celebrate her wins or she's not there for me or what does she have that I don't, that's when, that's when it starts to get problematic. And that sort of unravels any good equation. Like you could have a perfect equation one day and then something happens and suddenly from a really healthy, blooming friendship, you end up with something that's really bitter and unnecessarily so. So in a small daily example way, I would probably say like it's really important to be a hype friend or like a hype buddy for your friends and particularly for the really quiet ones or the ones that feel like they're not living life to their fullest potential or the ones that are too shy to talk about their own merits and their successes and stuff like that I feel like they sometimes need to be pulled out celebrated and also because a lot of us are online a lot of us feel very inadequate or almost uncomfortable and insecure to post somebody else's article or write-up or podcast or story or photograph Mm -hmm. or success being like oh my god congratulations Mansha I'm so proud of you because for some reason there's this scarcity mindset that believes that if I'm celebrating someone else it automatically means there's less for me but I feel like a putting up a story or a post or celebrating someone whose work you genuinely like yeah um is free 
it takes less than 10 seconds to do. Right? It also fosters more love, right? Between you Absolutely. and your friends. Also say yeah. to do it like not out of force or not out of yeah. pressure, yeah. but do it like when something really resonates with you. So very often brands will tell us to post stories and stuff and then it feels forced. But you can almost see sometimes on people's stories when someone is talking honestly about some article that they mm. really liked or like a poem they really liked. And I feel like when that really comes through, then it's beautiful and you're right like both people both parties feel a little bit closer so I would say and to also check in on your friends so a lot of us are so afraid of showing our vulnerable not perfect messy unmanicured selves to each other because we want to appear like we're strong and we even the closest of friends which is crazy even (laughs) your best friend which is crazy um I feel like it's very important for us to have like these safe environments where you can check in on your friends and you can ask them genuinely how they're doing and go beyond the superficial like hi how are you conversation but like genuinely ask them how they're navigating especially times like this when a lot of people have no source of income have lost their jobs or have to spend more time in situations which ordinarily wouldn't make them comfortable that is great advice fun this was really good I yeah I really enjoyed it I'm sorry if it was longer than you expected for it to turn out but I'm really glad we could glad because I think it naturally went that way but I'm so happy that I got to break my guest's virginity with you record. Do reach out to Jia on Instagram. Her handle is at the rate Jia Singh. That's J-I-A-S-I-N-G-H. You can see all the wonderful work and the things that she does there. Also, do reach out to me and let me know the kinds of topics you'd want me to cover in my future episodes and interviews. And if there's a specific guest you'd like me to get on the podcast. My handle is at the rate Mancha Kaur Anand. That's M-A-N-S-H-A-K-A-U-R-A-N-A-N-D. My website is now live, by the way. So it's got a lot of personal growth content over and above the episodes of this podcast. So articles, blog posts, poetry, vegan and gluten-free recipes, amongst many other things. Uh, my website is www.manchakor.com, so do check that out. In the meanwhile, don't forget to click on the bell icon or the subscribe button so that you don't miss the next episode. I've got two lovely guests that I know you'll be so excited to hear from. See you next week. Bye! इस हब हॉपर ओरिजिनल को सुनने के लिए आपका शुक्रिया अगर आप भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करना चाहते हैं तो हब हॉपर स्टूडियो वेबसाइट पे रजिस्टर करें और एक मिनट के अंदर अंदर अपना खुद का पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करें यही नहीं स्टूडियो देता है आपको पूरी आजादी कहीं भी कभी भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करने की सिर्फ तीन आसान स्टेप्स में 
तो साथ में अपना पॉडकास्ट शुरू करने के लिए तैयार जस्ट हॉप ऑन हब हॉपर सिंपली कॉन्टेंट